0: your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. Before I introduce my guest, I just want to mention that there are some great new perks and features for readers who support the Crime Cafe Patreon campaign. You can access the Patreon campaign from my website, debbiemack.com. Hi, all. Today, it's my great pleasure to have on the show an award-winning and internationally best-selling author of thriller novels, specifically the Emma Caldridge series, which is totally awesome. Thank you. <laughs> She's one of them, and they're absolutely fantastic. Uh, she has also written uh, novels in the Robert Ludlum Covert One series, and as the author of both crime fiction and true crime, I'm thrilled to have on today. Jamie Frivoletti. Hey, Jamie, it is
1: so hey, good to see you. <laughs> good to see you again, even if it's virtual. <laughs>
0: even if it's virtual, yeah. yeah. Virtual beats not no contact or <laughs> falling apart. <laughs> well, um, I've read the first book in your series and Emma Caldridge is just the most awesome protagonist. So smart, so resourceful. So (laughs) kick-ass. Tell us about her, how you developed that character, and how she
1: has developed over the course of your series. So she came about, um, she's a chemist, right? She's kind of like a female MacGyver. I love that. She came about because I had written a novel, a manuscript, I should say, and nobody had picked it up. And um, it's called Black Money. So I wanted to write something else. I love thrillers. I was at a 24-hour race with my husband. He's an ultra-marathon runner, and he runs 24 hours at a time. So I went to this race. I was a handler. I I used to go to make sure he didn't, you know, die on these races. (laughs) So we had a – it was in Colorado. We had a freak snowstorm in the middle of the night. Um, It was 70 degrees when they started. It was minus whatever and snowing on them. So one man passed out on the trail and got hypothermia. So I I was in charge of dragging him to the hospital, and I did that. And I started thinking, you know, he didn't know where he was. He didn't know his name. And that gave me the idea for a lot of things, because I thought, this is kind of frightening. You know, you, what if, and that always starts every novel, right? What if this happened to me? What if I got hypothermia, or I was somewhere where I didn't know where I was? He was from England. You know, he was in a strange location you know running this 100 mile race it was obviously in fantastic shape. but something happened so that's why i put her in running from the devil i have her down in the colombian jungle i was thinking what would it be like if you were your plane is down you don't know the east from west you don't know where you are you know the jungle in colombia's landmine by the FARC at the time there's been since there's been a peace agreement uh treaty but uh, that's how it started
0: Well, it's really amazing. It's just, the story is just riveting. I mean, that first one that I read, the first in your series, just page
1: turner, totally. Thank you. Yeah, Running From the Devil started my career and got the awards and got everything rolling. That was really, that's really the book that I still look back with, with great fondness.
0: That's awesome. That's wonderful. You have degrees in law and a postgraduate degree in international studies. I take it that you've drawn upon your legal practice experience in in your writing to
1: a certain extent? I do all the time. Uh, When I was a lawyer I did a lot of food, drug, and medical device, both regulatory and litigation, white-collar defense, and since Emma's a chemist, she's kind of fashioned on a bunch of the expert witnesses from the pharmaceutical companies that I used to work with. I loved I loved the experts, I love the chemists, the kind of all that scientific stuff. And I thought it would be cool to make a protagonist who was pretty logical, who was involved in STEM, you know, science, and she's an ultra runner. I love running, so that fit with something I like. And it really, I use, I use everything. Every Emma Caldridge novel has an unusual disease or chemical or something because she's a chemist. And I find them through the research I still do, because I love it, through FDA stuff. I do love that stuff. So that's all, one they all involve, you know, pandemic flu is one. Uh, the latest one, blood run, is the smallpox virus. That has an interesting story. And huh. that's what I hear. Yeah. Wow. So uh, how much research do you generally do for your novels? I do a lot. Uh, more than I think I would like sometimes because it takes away from the writing, obviously. You can only research, you, have, you know how it is, right? So you really have to Right, You have to make um, concessions into what you want to do. But I end up researching a lot. I do a lot of in-depth clinical research. So, and then that takes me off on another whole tangent. Um, usually I use Google Earth since I usually put at least the Emma Caldredge series is usually I place her in failing nations, not always, but, you know, places that are completely running dark. The second she's in Somalia, she ends up in Somalia, near Somalia. Um, so things, Ninth Day was the only one that was set in America, uh, partly in America, the rest are set elsewhere. So I do a lot of Google Earth. I talked to a lot of, I went to Colombia, of course, but that the danger was there, but wasn't as bad as it could have been. Um, Somalia, I was unable to visit, although I did have an invitation from a family to go there, which would have been nice to take. My husband kind of nixed that completely. <laughs> and I agreed. And I agreed. I said, yeah, okay, we got the young kids. We can't take those kind of risks. So I do a lot of Google Earth and a lot of other research. I speak to journalists, things like that. That's fantastic. I have to talk
0: to you uh, when we're done here more about uh, that kind of research. Because, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing fascinates me. And I'm always looking for good sources of information. Um, you say you like thrillers. Uh, what is it in particular that you like about thrillers? What drew you toward that genre? I don't know.
1: I have to be honest with you. I love mysteries, too. You know, mysteries are somewhat different. I grew up with that Allan poet. So at nine, I remember, uh, I don't know. My mom had this type of, I don't know if it was margarine at the time. I don't know what that stuff was called. But on the back, you could get five books for a dollar, something crazy. And I remember cutting it out. I was nine years old. And I said to my mom, can we mail this in? And we did. And she's like, fine. Well, they sent all this stuff that was in the public domain. So I really cut my teeth on. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh uh, at ground I loved Edgar Allan Poe, which was pretty brutal for a nine-year-old, but I loved it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and then uh, Three Musketeers, Dumas. So I started reading a lot of action adventure with the Dumas and Edgar Allan Poe and mystery. And that's kind of where my interest, then I was very young. I loved the Walter Farley Stallion, Black Stallion books. I loved horses, every girl, I think. (laughs) <laughs> Most girls are up loving horses. so I got kind of a taste for action, adventure and thriller. And that's kind of where I've stayed the whole, the whole time. Now I love, I will admit the other, I read everything. As you can imagine, I read nonfiction, fiction, romance, uh, love romance. Um, I read mystery. I read everything. i sci-fi. I, I loved Heinlein. I read everything I can get my hands on. So I'm a, I'm a very broad reader. And so far, I've been writing thrillers and one mystery. Hmm.
0: Well, I have to tell you, this, this sounds so familiar. I mean, I hear this from all writers that they read everything, you know? And I think that's so important if you're interested in writing to just read as much as you can. And um, yes. let's see, uh, when you were at the C3 conference, you mentioned something about a song list associated with your work
1: yes oh god i was just on the phone about that this morning oh <laughs> well, can you
0: talk about that because i love okay. music and i'm just fascinated oh, by the idea of associating
1: music with a series i know i got my idea my mom who has passed away was a jazz singer and an actress oh. so she was in movies she was in Pret Detective, The Truman Show, Recount, big movies. She was in movies, but she started out as a jazz singer in Chicago. And I had this idea for this, and I can't really talk too much about it, but I'll tell you as much as I can um, for this story that I'm preparing to give to my agent. It's a contemporary. I have a, a historical I'm delivering to my agent next month, and this one I'll deliver to her in two months. But this second one is a contemporary involving a band. It's a mystery about a band, music band. So I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool to tie that up and have the band, have actual music that the band plays? So I got this idea that I would tie, I would tie in with a real life band and I would commission some songs that match the story, the guy in the band, or the women in the band. In this case, there's a woman producer and a male guitar player. Um, and that's deliberate, by the way. I wanted to have a woman guitar player, but I thought women producers in music are, it's like women directors. I really wanted to have a woman producer, really up in front and more of that aspect of things. So she's the producer. And I contacted, I have some ins with uh, some very, very, uh, with Berkeley College of Music. So I have contacted, uh, some family members who are able to create music. I had, at the time, I think I spoke to you at the C3, I was at the C3, I was really discussing uh, the Jack Reacher music. I don't know if we discussed that. So Lee Child, yes. Yeah, so Lee Child has the same idea and he has this Jack Reacher music. And when I saw it, I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I wanted to do with my book. Now I wouldn't do it with Emma Caldridge, he's doing it with his main character. But this new book I know is coming out. So. That's what we're doing. We're gonna have some songs tied in, some videos. I would love to do an enhanced ebook where you press on the, so he's singing a song in the story and you press maybe in the column, you press a button and you'll hear the song he's singing. But that's down the road because that kind of stuff can also be a bit of an issue for a reader. as, As I mentioned, I'm a reader and sometimes I don't want too much cluttering up, right? my experience, but I think that would be cool if we put it off to the side or maybe in footnotes or something like that. So the project just gets, is getting started May 1st. I expect to have some real answers on that one in September.
0: Huh. Well, that's really
1: fascinating. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's so
0: innovative.
1: I hope so. (laughs) You know, I, I try these things and sometimes I'm a little bit ahead of the curve and the worst place you want to be is ahead of the curve. You know, you don't want to be, what is it? VHS. What was the other one? Beta or whatever. You want to end up for Blu-ray when everyone was fighting. You want to be the one who ends up. Right. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. But I think it's got some very cool potential. The fact that guys like the child are doing it. I know Harlan Colvin for a while had an Australian was touring with an actual Australian musician. So I think this has been done before. I just wonder, you know, how it's gonna all work out. And since I love music so much, whatever happens will be good for me. Do you enjoy jazz? I love jazz. Love jazz. Well, I'm like reading with music. I love jazz, blues, rock. I dance hip hop. I just learned how to salsa dance. Thank you very much. I'm taking a class. It's getting better, you guys. It's getting... <laughs> it's, also, it's getting better, let's just say that. I started out kind of embarrassed, but it's getting better. <laughs> and I have tickets to everything, you know. Unfortunately, I, I had tickets. I wanted to see the Stones before they were no longer available to tour. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, God, please let everybody be healthy. And, of course, Mick Jagger just canceled the Stones tour mm-hmm. in Chicago. It's unfortunate, but they say they may reschedule but I have tickets to Lollapalooza every year. I, I just love music. I'll, I love live music. I'll go, if someone says music, I'm there. So <laughs> I've got a wristband on my wrist and I'm gone. So it's great. Cool. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who would you picture playing Emma in a movie or TV series?
1: Well, I used to say Angelina Jolie because she did Salt at the time. Remember Salt when the first books were coming out? Now I've seen so many great young actresses who are perfect for that role. I think, at least now, I think a lot of women are getting very interesting roles in media. So, you know, I really have to think about that one. Um, I would love to see someone new, you know, start someone's career with that, uh, as opposed to a name that everybody knows. That's, it's kind of like with the music that I'm doing for the music thing. I'm trying to, I'm looking only for people who are not, who are really getting their careers started. I, I feel like it's, a, you know, it would be a nice thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: I think that's cool. Very cool.
1: Yes, I think it's important.
0: Yes. There was something I was going to ask you. Now it's gone. Oh. I hate when that happens. Whether like jazz or blues or <laughs> other than the jazz and blues, which is very cool. Um, oh, I know. White Sox or Cubs? Cubs. Yay! North Cider. I I can't. I I am a Nats fan. So, but and I'm yeah. also a Met fan because <laughs> I'm originally from New York. But, oh my goodness! But I See, you my, know I applaud. Yeah the Cubs because, because I, I'm
1: always for the underdog. and The I'm, underdogs, right? Um, yeah. We, used to go, I, we never really had money to go see the, the we, I, we grew up very blue collar, but my grandmother lived on the north side and grandma every year, once a year, would take us to a baseball game and it was always the Cubs because she lived near Wrigley Field. And so that's it. <laughs> I'm oh my indoctrinated gosh indoctrinated with the Cubs. When they won, I couldn't believe it. For the first time in a hundred years, I hit the big W in the window of the house. I was all over it. It was great. That is yeah. so awesome.
0: Yeah. I, I know the feeling. I mean, it's just when you see them losing and losing and then they win, it's like, yay, yay fine. Totally. Um, let's see. You mentioned Edgar Allan Poe and some other authors. Are there any other authors that you find particularly inspiring?
1: Yes um i really really love lee child series for reacher i think he does a nice job getting a voice across um it's it's consistent and it's strong which i like um for women thriller writers there are so many i follow now that it's it's gotten a little crazy but um love megan abbott's work um I really try to keep looking back into earlier writing because I feel like it it seems to be something that will help me grow. One problem about being a professional writer now is as I read, I have to not read while I'm writing, and I'm writing almost all the time. So I've been reading a lot of things that aren't thriller because they don't mess up the voice, if you know what I mean.
0: I mean, love okay. romance.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I read across the, across the table. Um, my biggest thing has been, lately I've been trying, oh, I read The Hunger by Amakatsu, which I don't read horror, but he, there I was, right? I, read, I picked it up, and man, that was a really great book. Um, she talks about the Donner Party. It's set in the 1800s mm-hmm. during the march across Donner Party. It's a Donner Party kind of thing. And uh, I thought she did a wonderful job keeping the suspense going, you know. That's, those are the kind of things I like to read where right? I kind of learn how another author is keeping the suspense moving along. I think yeah. it's really important. I love Lori Rader-Day. I think she does a wonderful job. I love Claire O'Donohue. She has a new one called Beyond the Pale. Uh, two Irish, two Irish, um, it's almost like a Nick and Nora, if you like classic movies. Oh, yeah, like Irish- I like that stuff. So it's an Irish Nick and Nora. It's called Beyond oh the Pale. Gosh. You have to read Beyond the Pale. It's really Beyond fun. Beyond
0: the Pale. I have to write that Beyond down. the
1: Pale. And then Julie Heisey. Obviously, I'm connected to Julie Heisey. She just did Virtual Sabotage, which which is a sci-fi with um, virtual reality. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Debbie, you guys, have you ever put those glasses on? Into I went to a place in New York City and... I put the virtual reality thing on and asked for the zombie attack or whatever. Holy Toledo. So (laughs) I couldn't believe it. So Julie Heise's virtual sabotage is that kind of idea, but takes it to where it kind of affects your brain. I won't say anymore, but your brain gets affected. And I can see it now because they're at this place in New York City. They put the glasses on, and they asked me if I wanted to walk the plank. And there was a plank you could walk on a high rise, but it's all virtual. Mm-hmm. You know, go ahead and step off. You know you're standing in a studio. You know you're just wearing glasses. You cannot step off that plank. Yeah. My heart, like I was, my heart was racing. There was no way I was going to step off and drop sixty flights off. And I remember thinking as I stood there, the zombie thing had already happened, so I was already freaking out about that. And then he's like, well, let's just lower down the fear and let's get you on a plank. I thought, I'm not walking off a plank, off a high rise," And I couldn't do it. So it kind of tells you how, how much technology messes with our brain. So virtual sabotage is really cool for that. So that's the stuff I've been reading. Wow, very yeah.
0: interesting. Yeah. It reminds me of the glass floor in Toronto. If you've ever been there and gone up in the uh, needle there, there's a glass floor and stepping on it is a weird experience because I feel like it's going to drop out, but but it's very strong and people step on it, you know, but it's funny the way people react around it. It's like they kind of put a foot on there and take it off and,
1: Yeah. I mean, we have it at the Willis Tower, the old Sears Tower in Chicago, and it's that glass platform, right? They're platforms. I've stepped on, I'll be um, honest with you, some of that fear, I think we need to retain in our brain. I, I think it's there for a purpose, that fear and that caution. So also, I didn't want... I know this sounds really strange, folks, that please don't think I'm strange, but I didn't want, when I was in the virtual reality thing, to step off the, you know, it's one thing to have zombies attack you. You know there are no zombies, so it's, it's easy. It's real fiction, but stepping off or falling off a building is, is very possible. And I didn't want that in my head. I didn't want the image of what that would feel like in my head. I thought, I, you know, there's some experiences I don't need to have. It it's even would feel different if I were jumping out of an airplane, and I think because, if you jump out of an airplane, you know you're not you know you're falling, but you chose it. But falling off a building, I don't know. There was just something I didn't like about it. So I never did it. I can understand completely. Yeah. Is there,
0: yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up?
1: Well, uh Blood Run is my latest. It involves a real a real uh, started from a real event where they found some smallpox files. In an old closet. If you look at the blog post attached to this um, podcast, you'll see what that's about. And I just recently did a Sherlock Holmes short story for the sake of the game. Put him in Chicago in the blues clubs, which I know well from my upbringing and my childhood and from living in Chicago. And that's another one where music really came into play. So I love them both. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure.
0: And I'm so glad you were able to come on. Thanks so much. Thank you. Um, Remember, Jamie has a book giveaway running until the end of April. So do go to that blog post and check it out and uh, leave a review for the podcast, if you would, please. And uh, to learn more about the Crime Cafe eBooks, as well as the, Patreon campaign, you can go to my website, debbymack.com, D-E-B-B-I-M-A-C-K.com. And finally, one last very special guest is going to be coming up next time. It's a surprise, but here's a hint. Three words, Hap and Leonard. And on that note, thank you very much for listening. I will see you next time and until then, happy reading.